This is FritzCast. Gentlemen, it's Friday, August 2nd, 2019, and welcome to this week's edition of the FritzCast. How are you all doing? It's August. Summer's almost over. And in two days, we are a month away from the due date of my child debuting. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, life don't move fast or nothing. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, though, sometimes sometimes it baffles me that, like, here we are in August already. And, uh, and that we're getting ready to break back into September, you know, and then the holiday season again. And then it's going to be... Then it's going to be 2020. Oh, my God. And Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Brian. Don't you worry. We're going to talk about what happens in 2020. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But seriously, I guess I guess it's just that I don't keep, like, my days straight or whatever sometimes. Or, or, like, maybe I just don't think about it that often. But it's August already. So... That's that's pretty nutty. That's pretty nutty. I can't wait for I can't wait for your Monday though. I keep wanting to say just next week period, but I guess it is next week, but I can't wait for Monday because uh after I get off of work Monday, I'm going to the beach for a week uh well until Saturday at least anyway. And uh I've been to the beach. We we gone to the beach all of like once <laughs> this season. I was like, "Let's go to the beach every weekend." And my wife was like, "Yes." And, of course, you know, as such is life, it uh, doesn't work out necessarily the way that you planned it. Uh, so we haven't been to the beach a lot, but you know what? Going for the, going to the beach for a full week, I mean, it's hard to beat that. It's hard to beat just relaxing for a week. It'll be nice. And uh, it's such an odd period. Like, this is the last, this is the, fi- the final vacation that my wife and I will go on that... Uh, we we won't have parental responsibilities and it's very very weird to think about that i hope i'm not like overkilling everybody in baby talk i don't really care it's my it's my show so uh, i i get to determine that and if you if you're sick of baby stuff you know i'm sorry i'm not really sorry that's a half heart that's a, that's a, that's a politician's apology right there i'm apologizing because you're angry and you're making it known Nobody's really made it known. Nobody's really been like, stop talking about the baby stuff, dude. No, And it's such a short segment of the show anyway. Get over yourself. 
it's really hard to think like it's really hard to think things like that in my head. Uh <laughs> yeah. Oh hey, hey babe. This is our last vacation that we don't have parental responsibilities. What do you think about that? Oh my god. You're right. Oh my god. Just like I was saying to somebody the uh the other day at work who we're big time Star Wars fans and nerds, so we talk about Star Wars all the time and all that. And so they were like, Star Wars, December, man. And I was like, I know, we already got a babysitter lined up. And I, like, stopped myself after I said it. I said, wow, that sounds weird. Never never have I ever had to say that before this time. Like, oh, yeah, let me see. Let's just see if we can get a babysitter. What? Left field. What? What? It's just like how there's a baby seat in the nursery. The nursery! In the house. Never had to stay out before. Nursery. Car seat. Spit-up cloth. Bottles. Warmers. Cleaning stuff. <laughs> this never had to be a thing. Now it does. Now it does. It's nuts. Nutty. So, it was actually, you know, the other thing is that, you know, my wife's doing natural birth. We're at this birth center. She's now entering the period where she has to go do weekly appointments you know it was every two weeks well at first it was every month then it was then at some point in the pregnancy like second trimester trimester i want to say it becomes every two weeks you go for an appointment and now we are entering the territory where we go uh once a week to an appointment until the big day and uh originally my wife had a, an appointment scheduled during our vacation. She's like, yeah, so I'm going to have to drive uh, back up or back down uh, to go to the appointment and then drive back uh, to the beach. Which is like, you know, it's an hour and a half ride. I guess it's not terrible. But I kept sitting there like staring at her like, you're going to ask them if you can dog that appointment, right? And she was like, no, 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 I'm just going to go to it. And I'm like... Come on. I don't think they're going to have a problem with it. So at our last appointment, she brought it up. She's like, yeah, next week I'm on vacation, but I got to come back for the appointment. And the midwife was like, well, uh, I don't see why you can't just come like Monday following and then do the once a weeks from that point on. And my wife was like, no, 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 you know, I can I can do it. And the midwife was like, no, literally go to the beach, relax. And we got that. We got that rescheduled. I told her to do that. I I said to do that. But, you know, you know, pregnant ladies, you got to just fall back and go with the flow on that. They say no. You're like, okay, it's a no then. That's that's what you do. That's what you do. And trust me, trust me, fellas, it that's it's better for you that way. (laughs) It's better for you just to. Just to smile and nod and realize that you have no power whatsoever. And it's better that way. <laughs> so, uh, been trying to think about what I want to talk about before. Like, next week, obviously, I'm not going to do a Fritz cast. I'm going to be at the beach. Could I do one from the beach? Sure. But I, I need the relaxing time. All right. That's what I need. And that's what I'm going to get. So you might see something from me. You might see like a database blog post. 
update, or you might see like a quick movie or a quick movie, a quick, uh, a quick like v- a quick vlog update or something like that. You can keep your eyes peeled for that uh, on my Twitter account, probably at FritzQS. But for the most part, I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to try to fall back and not be on social media and not be on my phone and, uh, you know, just enjoy the vacation time. That's really what I'm going to do. So I've been thinking about, yeah, what what can I talk about that's going to lull a week gap before I can do another podcast? And now we're entering territory where, uh, with baby stuff and all that, I, I could unexpectedly disappear for, for a hot minute and then be back when things, you know, settle down, which I, all, which everybody understands. Everybody gets that. So we know what territory we're in. However, yesterday, while doing a bunch of work around my house, including a lot of yard work, uh, busting my hump, I was listening to, th- you know, everybody wants to say CNN fake news. Uh, CNN is fake news. It's CNN is the worst Jim Acosta, get him out of here. Get get that loser out of here. Get him get him out of here. Jim, you're a loser. You work for a loser network and you're fake news. Everybody wants to call CNN fake news and all that crap. CNN, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the format of these debates in a second, but CNN is one of the few that I can find that actually puts their debates up for a podcast. Their, their debates, their town halls, Anything that they do, politically speaking, ends up in a podcast format for Joe Blows like me, who, number one, do not have cable. (gasps) Cheap ass bum. For schmoes like me that don't have cable, because cable's wholly unnecessarily, wholly unnecessarily, wholly unnecessary in 2019... (laughs) Plus, I don't like. There's nothing really to watch in the debate. I mean, there is. We'll discuss that in a minute too. But mostly, I just want to listen. I want to listen to the information that's going on and all that. I want to be able to throw headphones on and then go out and do yard work, or you know, in some cases, ride my bike. You know, throw my headphones on, not have to worry about watching it. And some, you know, some of the other news networks, you have to like. They they might upload it onto YouTube. But I don't pay for YouTube to play videos when they're not open, when the app isn't opened up, because it's money down the drain to me. So I have to give kudos to CNN, considering that it is 2019, and CNN the next day will upload that entire fiasco in podcast format and provide it on, you know, most of your podcasting platforms. So. Like if you're if you're like me and you got an iPhone, you go into your little podcast thing and you type CNN, you'll see the plethora of CNN podcasts that are all trash that you don't want to listen to, and then uh, you'll find like CNN. It's like CNN town hall and debates, and literally every one that they do ends up there the next day, in full, so that you can listen to it. So kudos to CNN for providing that route. And shame on all the other news networks that can't come, that can't be up to snuff digitally speaking, to provide that service for schmucks like me, who just want to listen to the damn thing. That's number one. Praise to CNN for that. All right, 
Yesterday, I listened to both, not not just one, both. Again, both. My God, both. Democratic debates, which, just like last time, both featured 10 candidates each, a total of 20 candidates. Oh, my God. But, uh, you know, in particular... The CNN ones came off a lot worse than the first two, and I don't, I, I don't precisely, I like, I can't necessarily wrap my finger around why they came off worse, but they did, supremely worse. And uh, I'm starting to, well, I, I think I've already said it. What you have with these debates is uh, more spectacle than anything. Um, Andrew Yang actually called it out perfectly in one of his statements. Uh, I believe he said this. You know what the talking heads couldn't stop talking about after the last debate? It's not the fact that I'm somehow number four on this stage in national polling. It was the fact that I wasn't wearing a tie. Instead of talking about automation in our future, including the fact that we automated away 4 million manufacturing jobs, hundreds of thousands right here in Michigan, we're up here with makeup on our faces and our rehearsed attack lines, playing roles in this reality TV show. It's one reason why we elected a reality TV star as our president. We need to be laser focused on solving the real challenges of today. Like the fact that the most common jobs in America may not exist in a decade, or that most Americans cannot pay their bills. My flagship proposal, the Freedom Dividend, would put $1,000 a month into the hands of every American adult, be a game changer for millions of American families. If you care more about your family and your kids than my neckwear, enter your zip code at yang2020.com and see what $1,000 a month would mean to your community. I have done the math, it's not left, it's not right, it's forward, and that is how we're going to beat Donald Trump in 2020. Now, I don't know about the whole universal basic income stuff or this freedom dividend, this $1,000 that the government's going to give you a month, and they're going to give it to everybody from the billionaire class on down to the poor man on the street who has no money at all. I don't know about that stuff. I really don't. But... That first part of the statement, absolutely, absolutely, that's what this is. That's what these debates specifically are. Ten candidates in each of these debates, a field of 20 candidates, and it is a spectacle. That's what it is. That's what it is. It is rehearsed lines, it is attacks. It is I got you moments. It's sound bites. It's stupid. Ultimately. That's how I felt after listening to both debates. It was about a total of four hours of my life. There was mind-numbing moments. There was moments that I went, eh, something I can agree with. But mostly, it's a cluster of crap. A cluster of crap. You can't pull out anything. And I'm speaking, I mean, obviously there's people out there, this libertarian, this libertarian doesn't even care about Democratic candidates. He's not even going to vote for them. Why 
do you think I listen to every debate that happens? I did it in 2016. I did it in 2012. I did it in 2008. I did it prior to that when I couldn't even vote. I watch every one. I listen to every one. You know why I do? Because these people have the potential to be elected and impact my life. I mean, yes, that's part of the reason why I am a libertarian, because I don't think it should be that easy to impact your life from the government. But I listen to this stuff because they need to be listened to. These are the candidates. These are the people that potentially are going to be sitting in office driving policy. I do the same thing, mind you, for elections of smaller scale. Like the governor of my state. Like representatives on the local level for me. It's probably what a lot of Americans should do and probably only 25 to 35% of us do. <laughs> Most people don't even bother. But what but what we saw over the course of these two not and not just these last two debates, I guess you could say the last four debates even though it's really one debate, it's been two debates. They've just broken them up into two nights because of the sheer amount of candidates. The The only thing that, the, that this is is a ratings grab for, for the news media. They don't care about the solutions. They don't care about what the what, what ideologies these candidates actually have, their plans. They don't care about that. They don't care about that. They can't possibly care about that because the format of these debates that, mind you, these campaigns agree upon is 60 seconds. 60 seconds. We're going to ask a question. It's not going to be posed to everybody, and not everybody can answer, but you only have 60 seconds to provide your answer. And that brought me to the stunning revelation that, uh, you know, the biggest takeaway I have is that there should be trapdoors installed at every single podium of these candidates, and... Anybody that goes past three thank-you-your-time-is-up warnings, that trapdoor automatically opens up and they drop into a rancor pit. And if you're not nerdy enough to get that reference, that's what Luke Skywalker was dropped into when he was visiting Jabba's palace and he had to face that big, ugly monster thing. <laughs> that's my, my big takeaway is that the, the rules are set. Nobody follows the rules. Nobody really gives a shit about the rules. And that's just a fact. And it gets everything gets lost in this mess. There's too many candidates. And I'm one that says that there should be at least one other candidate present at the presidential debates when it com- when it really comes down to it. When it when all comes to a head, I think it should be more than just the Republican and the Democrat candidate on stage for the presidential debates. But 20 is just a, a might excessive. Just just a tad excessive. Because there's no there, there's little to no substance to get out of this. There really isn't. Look at the breakdown times of each candidate from from Tuesday night's debate. Uh, from Tuesday night's debate, Elizabeth Warren had the most speaking time with 18 minutes and two seconds. Bernie Sanders was not far behind at 17 minutes and 17 seconds. Pete Buttigieg, Booty Judge, 
with 13 minutes and 59 seconds, and then it severely starts decreasing with Steve Bullock at 10 minutes, Beto O'Rourke at 10 minutes, Amy Klobacher at 10 minutes, John Delaney at 9 minutes, Tim Ryan at 9 minutes, Marianne Williamson at 8 minutes, and John Hickenloper at 8 minutes. And what's really funny to note with that, too, according to thehill.com, at least anyway, by the end of that debate, Marianne Williamson was the most searched-for candidate in 49 of the 50 states. Granted, that's because she's batshit insane, but she also makes some very valid points. She's an intriguing candidate, believe it or not, because for everybody that wants to say she's ridiculous, she's doing exactly what got Trump elected in 2016. Go back and look at the comparisons. She's doing exactly what Donald Trump did to win in 2016. Everybody that's saying everything against Marianne Williamson was saying the same things against Donald Trump in 2016. Doesn't mean that she's going to (laughs) win. Not at all, and she is still batshit insane. But she had, among the least speaking time, most search for candidate. The lone exception came in Montana, where voters searched for more information about their own in-state governor. Wow. Wow. And that was that was Tuesday night. Wednesday night's debate. I have to I have to go searching for those numbers for some reason. Oh yeah, here we go. I have the I have the little video ad. Real quick pause. There we go. Uh Biden had nineteen minutes of speaking time. Uh, Kamala Harris had 15 minutes of speaking time. Gildebrand had 11 minutes. Booker, 11 minutes. Inslee, 10 minutes. Gabbard, 10 minutes. Castro, 10 minutes. Bennett, 10 minutes. De Blasio, 9 minutes. And Yang, 7 minutes. Big crowded fields. Speaking time for the boisterous and the more popular of them. Per se, almost. Not... Not necessarily because Kamala Harris having 15 minutes of speaking time doesn't mean much when Tulsi Gabbard eviscerates you. As the elected attorney general of California, she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. And I am proud of that work. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And I am proud of that work. Innocent people, you actually blocked evidence from being revealed that would have freed them. And I am proud of that work. And the people who suffered under your reign as prosecutor, you owe them an apology. Now that was just like that was just a crafty political ad that was put together by Gabbard after it, but that's that's like a highlight of everything that she said against you know Kamala Harris, and Kamala Harris's response to Anderson Cooper on on CNN afterwards was this: Tulsi Gabbard, uh, had had you had interaction about that in the past, and how do you think it went? Well, I mean, listen, I. This is going to sound immodest, but I'm obviously a top-tier candidate, and so I did expect that I would be on the stage and take hits tonight because there are a lot of people that are trying to make the stage for the next debate. Yeah, it's too, for a lot of them, it's do or die. Well, yeah, and especially when people are at zero or one percent or whatever she might be at. And so I did expect that I might take hits tonight. Um, but, you know, listen, I think that um, this coming from someone who has been an apologist 
for uh, a, 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 an individual, Assad, who has murdered um, the people of his of his country to, like cockroaches. Um, she who has embraced and been an apologist for him in a way that she refuses to call him a war criminal. Um, I, I can only take what she says in her opinion so seriously. Um, and so I, you know, I'm prepared to move on. Uh, that was, I mean, listen to that. That's that's actually a shook Kamala Harris because she has no she has no defense other than to go, oh, uh, well, uh, 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 Tulsi Gabbard, a sad apologist, Russian stooge, ha, 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 ha. That's, that's what it's become. That's what it's become. And because the Democrats have treated Tulsi Gabbard like that, it has caused libertarians like me, libertarians like the red-headed libertarian on Twitter, libertarians like us have been pushed to donate to Tulsi Gabbard's campaign because the Democratic National Committee hates her because Kamala Harris hates her. And Kamala Harris went down notches from it. She went down notches. And her little holier-than-thou speech afterwards on Anderson Cooper just goes to show you that Kamala Harris probably actually doesn't have a dog in this fight anymore. Like, if you thought she was going to be the candidate, severely underwhelming. Severely underwhelming. I don't think she's in the contentions that much longer anymore. Uh, because part of it is because she's hypocritical like that. She's, try, she's trying to boast this whole, well, I'm, I'm the prosecutor. I'm America's prosecutor. I'm going to prosecute Donald Trump. It's not working. It's not working. It's not really a good takeaway point. Mind you, in all of this, in all of this, Joe Biden is still in the polls today, the last I checked, he's still leading by a healthy margin over all of them. And my friends don't get it when I say, like, Joe Biden is your only hope. Joe Biden's the only way. Joe Biden is the only chance that you have. Thus far, there has yet to be a game-changing piece there that suggests that Joe Biden won't be the candidate and won't be the best shot at beating Donald Trump. And if it's not Joe Biden, it's going to be somebody else that emerges that has more middle ground appeal. It's not going to be Warren. It's not going to be Sanders. You can't beat extreme right-wing kooky with extreme left-wing kooky. It just doesn't jive. It doesn't work. People, do, people refuse to look at the numbers, all right? The numbers from the 2016 election, everybody wants to talk about Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. If, it, if that just happened, then everything would be okay. No, not everything would just be okay. Donald Trump nearly amassed 63 million votes. Hillary Clinton nearly amassed 66 million votes. By the actual numbers, Clinton only won by 2,868,686 votes. And I can't stand every time I look at a news media article, anytime I talk, anytime I see anybody talking about this, I don't get this, people. 2 million votes when it's 60 million to 60 million is chump change. It's not a mandate. It's not this clear divisive Winner. Sixty-three million to sixty-six million. It's just easier to say that. It's just easier to round the numbers up at this point right now. 
And hell, you can round up the winning margin. You can round it up from this 2,868. Just call it 3 million. A 3 million vote difference in 60 versus 60? A 3 million vote difference is some big thing to you? Please, this illustrates that this nation has supremely different political ideology. Every time I hear about this, listen, I don't like Donald Trump. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I've explained this before. I voted for Gary Johnson for president. When I say that, there's Clintonite people who say that I helped create the Donald Trump situation. Except that Delaware's electoral votes went to Clinton. So, no, I did not. I did not contribute to that because my state went to Clinton anyway. So I did nothing to hurt her. People don't get it. People really don't get it. This 63 to 66 million with a 3 million margin difference doesn't take this into account either. That this article from the Washington Post from 2016 was largely ignored after it was posted. About 100 million people couldn't be bothered to vote this year. Christopher Ingram wrote this, quote, Roughly 43% of eligible voters didn't bother filling out a ballot this year, according to turnout estimates from the U.S. Elections Project. To look at it another way, the people who could have voted but chose not to vastly outnumbered those who cast a vote for Clinton, Trump, or a third-party candidate. The U.S. Elections Project, run by political scientists at the University of Florida, estimates that there are about 251 million voting age people in the United States. But not all of them are eligible to vote. Some of them are non-citizens living in the U.S., while several million more can't legally vote because they're in prison, on parole, or have a past felony conviction in states where that's a barrier to voting. Subtract all those people, and you've got about 232 million people potentially eligible to cast a vote this fall. That's subtracting all those people. An estimated 100 million didn't vote. But let's talk more about how if we just unify and beat the, beat the orange bad man, that everything will be okay. Let's just talk about that if Hillary Clinton had won because we went by popular vote, everything would be okay. We wouldn't. That's a, that, that is a fantasy. That is a fantasy. And the media controls a hell of a lot of it because we allow them to. And then you get spectacles like this where 20 candidates go on and on and on. But at the end of the day... All that really matters are the sound bites that come out of it. And sometimes that doesn't even help. Tulsi Gabbard eviscerated Kamala Harris. Does that mean it shifts in the polling? I hope so, because right now they're saying only seven Democrats have 
qualified for the next debate, and I don't think Tulsi's one of them yet. But you guys have driven us libertarians who, ideologically speaking, there's things that I can reach across and, and go hand-in-hand hand with Tulsi Gabbard with. Especially foreign policy, especially talking about wars overseas and regime changes and meddling and things of that nature. But there's a hell of a lot that I could be like, you know what, no, mm -mm, don't like that, Tulsi. But I like her. I definitely like her out of that Democratic field up there. I'd definitely like to see her continue on to be a qualifier against people like Kamala Harris who think they can just ride through with their shady pasts and not get questioned on it. While Kamala Harris tries to dunk on Joe Biden over a busing issue, which she agrees with him on, but nobody really fact-checks it. And as for Joe... If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. Joey, I got your number, and I texted it last night, but you still haven't replied, man. It's true, I did text 30330. I didn't say Joe, though. He, was, he meant to say text Joe 230330. That's what he meant to say, because it's a little bot thing. You, you text that number, you get an automated message back asking for donations and all that crap. I texted 30330, and I said I was told to go to you, and I still have yet to get a reply, which, which really makes me feel like, like, it really makes me feel like you want my vote, Joe. Keep it up. Keep up the shenanigans and see what happens. And really, the only other takeaways from that debate were that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders keep trying to claim that any criticism against their health care plans is just, quote, Republican talking points, even though Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden and, uh, and even to an extent Kamala Harris all were talking about how they can't do a Medicare for all instantaneously and they need to respect the fact that millions of Americans have private health insurance that can't just be taken away. Oh, but that's just that's just Republican talking points. And I, I you know, what did what did uh, what did uh, Bernie Sanders say about that? He said something along the lines of why are we playing into these Republican talking points? We could obviously Bernie's been busy. We couldn't have him call in this week. We will have Bernie back. Eventually, shortly, hopefully. Uh, it would have been nice to have him break down these debates a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's understandable. But, uh, you know, it's not just a Republican talking point. Again, only 66 million voted for Democrats last election. Tell me more about how the health care thing is only a Republican talking point. It's not. Don't insult the nation's intelligence like that. And literally, the only other the only other takeaway is that John Delaney is Bill from uh, King of the Hill. Literally, that's 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 literally the only other takeaway from this. So hopefully, next debate that they have is a little more narrow field. Hopefully, it's not over two nights with ten candidates on each platform, uh, because it really does need to narrow down. Uh, because otherwise, it's just it's just a mess. It's just a mix. All right. That being said. That's my thoughts for this week, and that's going to be the episode for this week. Uh, listen to those, listen to or watch those those debates if you dare. You can. 
but mostly it's messy. I say go on Twitter or, or your other favorite social media platform. Visit the, uh, the news website, CNN. You can watch the clips. You can watch the highlight takeaways because half of those candidates only spoke for 10 minutes despite the fact that it was a two-hour affair. That's just my suggestion. Uh, so, like I said, I won't be here next week for a full-blown episode of FritzCast. Might do a little video snips here or there or something like that. Keep your eyes peeled on my Periscope and my Twitter. You never know what could happen on that. Uh, I do plan on pushing forward a blog uh, for the database, for the parenting stuff. So if you're into the ushy-gushy-mushy baby stuff, there will be something there probably. And uh, other than that, remember, I love you guys. Check me out on Twitter at FritzQS. Facebook.com slash the Fritzcast uh, and FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com if you want to speak to me directly. I love you all. I have some big plans for Fritzcast in the coming months uh, that I can't really, I can't talk about too openly right now. But uh, but there are they are in the works for sure. Uh, so get ready and brace yourselves for that. And uh, have a good week. Have a good week. And I'll see you, not next week, but the week after. All right? Love you. I, uh, uh, thanks. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, I know Fritz is gone. I know this is kind of like a... a hacking, so to speak. And of course, we don't, we don't approve of hacking when it comes to Russia and interference in our elections but it needed to be said the criticisms against Medicare for all definitely are a Republican talking point Fritz might not understand that I could have said that if he called me I could have talked for a couple minutes I know it's it is busy on the campaign trail we did just have to scoop up pieces of Kamala Harris off of the ground because Tulsi Gabbard uh, laid waste to her uh, we, we we were picking up bits and pieces of her off the street, and we were picking up pieces of John Delaney off the street after my friend Elizabeth Warren set his ass on fire. But it doesn't matter what you know. The, the, the they are Republican talking points against Medicare for all. They are. It doesn't matter that Joe Biden talks about how it will cost. trillion or whatever. Nobody listens to Joe Biden. I know what it costs. I wrote the damn bill. So just remember that. I'll be back. Hopefully Woody's back next week. And we'll talk more about this. What, uh, mano y mano. Uh, and, and, and hopefully that's the case. Blessings be upon you.